This episode of Humble and Fred is brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, and DraftKings. Hello, I'm Toronto Mike, producer of Humble and Fred. This best of is proudly brought to you by DraftKings. Bet online legally and safely with DraftKings Sportsbook. When Q107 started airing the Howard Stern Show, it took a huge bite out of the Humble and Fred audience. A key part of that Howard Stern show was Stuttering John Melendez. Here's Stuttering John on Humble and Fred. Uh, We're going to get him on here and, uh, like I said, talk to him about uh, what he's doing now and all the many years of... uh, Working on uh, arguably one of the most uh, popular radio shows of all time. You know, certainly we felt the uh, heat back in the late 90s when Stern, you know, came on the air in Toronto. And we were, of course, uh, accused of, you know, ripping him off. We didn't have anybody on our show that stuttered. Please welcome John Menendez. Hey, John. Hey, John. Uh, Okay. Okay. Listen, listen, guys. We first got to get my name right. Melendez. Menendez. It's Melendez. Yeah, I should have gotten that right. But, you know, I'm really not a very good broadcaster, John. John Melendez. John. Melendez are the guys that killed their parents. Yes. Well, you know, all you Americans seem the same to us. Yeah, I guess so. Hey, John, welcome to the show. Uh, I was saying to Fred, uh, as a fan of the Stern Show for a long, long time, obviously uh, heard a lot of the radio that you did. Do you look back on that? Is that a was that a great period of your life? Is still you still have some fondness for those folks? Oh uh, yeah, of course. I mean, you know, it's uh, it was an unbelievable time, and it was when Howard. When I started with Howard, he was only on in New York and Philly, and when I left, he was on in I think uh, fifty to seventy markets. So it was uh, it was great. It was it was. You know, I went from being uh, just a dude at NYU to being somebody people recognized on the train. It was, it was awesome. Yeah, you know, just to quickly jump ahead, when when you got the job at Leno, I thought to myself, wow, that shows you the power of that show. Because when you started, you were just a kid doing some stuff on the street. And then 15 years later, you'd reached a point, certainly profile-wise, that you were tapped to be the announcer on the Tonight Show, which, by the way, the first time I heard you talk about it on the show, I thought it was a bit. Yeah, well, truth be told, that really, I know that you know that's what you you know what Howard says. It's all because of him, and that's just that. I mean, the world doesn't spin if it wasn't for Howard. But the truth is, uh, I did a show called "I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here," and it was on ABC. It was a national show, and. Uh, it was with Bruce Jenner before he was Caitlyn, and it was with Melissa Rivers and Robin Leach, and I was on that show, and and Dave Berg, a segment producer at The Tonight Show, saw me on that show and said, this is the guy. And he played tape for the executive producer, Debbie Vickers, and she said, I love this guy. 
And that is what got me a guest appearance on The Tonight Show. And that appearance uh, went so well, and I got a lot of laughs with Jay. And that is what really got the job for me. It wasn't nobody. It wasn't like they were listening to Howard and said, oh, let's just tap Stuttering John. It, 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 it's actually not the truth. That's something that Howard will say all the time, but it is not. It is not really what happened, but I mean, only I know that, and the people at Tonight Show know that. I don't expect you to know that, but that is the case. But you know, I mean, Howard will say it's all because of him. It's just, that's one of the reasons why I couldn't wait to get out of there. I just couldn't stand to just be known as something that you know Howard would take credit for for the rest of his life, and it just it just was, and that's why I wanted out. So- you know, I really wanted out because. I couldn't stand every day. Howard said, I'd be nothing without him, and I'm a loser, and, you know, I'm unfit to be a father. And at some point, you know, you go, all right, if you are my boss, I'd be kicking the crap out of you in the street. So I had to get out of there. That's interesting you say that, John, because so Howard takes credit for you going on The Tonight Show. I mean, we would think that's... Hey, listen, you know, if I could say something to you, and it's not sour grapes. I mean... okay. I appreciate Howard, and Howard you know, gave me my start, and we hung out. We had a lot of great times, and I considered him a friend. I always consider him a friend, but, I mean, you know, there. I don't know. As far as I'm concerned, you know, Howard gave me my start. He gave me the break, and I did well at it. And at some point, it's just not – it's like, you know, at what point does, you know, does Lauren Michael say, okay, Adam Sandler, you, you know, you, 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 know, you took it and went with it. Congratulations, you know. I mean, at some point, you can't just, just, just always just say it's all me. I mean, at some point, it, it equals out. You know? No, I understand. No, where I was going with that is, you know, as a radio listener, you think that's a bit, but then you're saying he says you're unfit to be a father, and again, given the air and sort of the feel of the 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 Stern Show, you think. He's kidding, but does that stuff re- like really eat at you? Even though the audience think he's kidding. Yeah, look, I mean, you know, you know, there's the, the, the only one person who was really truly honest when I left the Stone Show, and this is a fact. Was when I left, uh, I gave my two weeks notice, and the week that I left, I was, I was in uh, Bob Bowie's office, you know, Gary's office. And, and we were in uh, his office, and Gary had his wife, Mary, who I love, on the speakerphone. And Mary said, John, we're so jealous of you. Now, that is so telling. Why? Because I got out. I went to, I went to Greener Pastures. I, w- I was the one to get out. And I know as a fact there are other people who wanted to get out there. And, uh, you know, I'm not, uh, they've told me and I've heard, you know, you know, like privately that, you know, at some point the abuse, yes, it wears and tears on you. I mean, I would go home sometimes crying. I really did. I'm a sensitive guy. And when you hear somebody who was your idol, someone who you, who, you know, you listened to and you respected and you looked up to just telling you on a regular basis what an idiot you are and how how much of a loser you are, at some point you go, you know, this is taking a toll on my psyche. This is yeah. this is just not, you know, healthy. And I told the person who ultimately became my wife when I was when I was out Howard the first five years, I said, you know, five years in, I said, look, I got to get out of here, Suzanne. I said, you know, I just can't take it. I, it's just, it's just. It's not, I don't want to just end up being the guy who Howard called the loser on the Howard Stern show. I don't care. I'm going to 
I'm going to follow my dream. I majored in film and television at uh, NYU, and, and I've always wanted to be a writer in television and, and, and to, to succeed in television. I had to take my shot. So a lot of people say, oh, well, do you regret leaving? I, you know, no. I mean, I would, I would have regretted it every day if I still was at the Howard Stern Show and did not follow my dream. Okay, John, that just uh, I want to just break in a second here. We're talking to John Melendez, that stuttering John from the Stern Show. And, John, <laughs> hey, um, do me a favor because you're doing a, a couple of different things with the phone, but when you, when you get a little closer to it, it's perfect for us, okay? Oh, does that work? Yeah, that's perfect. I got, I got a question, you know, because for years I would listen to you, and I thought, a lot of the stuff you did was really, really smart and funny and, and interesting. And then, and but Fred and I have both said this: uh, our favorite parts of the show over the t- over time have become the interviews. Because what what I didn't like is when he would spend twenty minutes berating you or you know now it's Benji. But when when he did those segments, they 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 sort of became less and less interesting and funny over time, and more and more uncomfortable as a listener. And now hearing you talk, I put myself back in those times listening to you being berated for 25 minutes. And it's like, oh, so that wasn't just a bit. It was also a bit of a, you know, you'd go home wearing it a little bit or more more than oh, a little yeah. bit. And it's not only me. You know, you got to remember, I mean, Gary wasn't too happy. I mean, Gary and I used to, in the morning, we would go, okay, you know, you, you know whose name is going to come up when the wheel spins this morning? I mean... You know, nobody wanted that. I mean, it's, you know, look, we could all get bullied by our boss and, you know, you know, but it becomes being bullied when you really can't, you know, like I said, if somebody on the street would have said to me, you know, abort your child, you know, <laughs> your dad, I mean, I'm not a violent person, but I would, would probably have punched him in the mouth. Of course. But because Howard is my boss. And because that's my livelihood at the time, you know, you have to sit and take it. But when he, John, I want to ask this though. So he says something like that: "You should abort your child. You're an unfit father. You shouldn't." And then when the mic gets turned off, what uh, what's said? Do you look him in the eye and go, "Hey, dude, that was a little bit aggressive or whatever. That stung a little bit." Does he care? No, because he doesn't apologize. He doesn't say, you know. Hey, I'm just messing around. You, you know, you end up just, 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 just have that feeling of of anger, and you know, just, and you feel really, you know, upset with yourself, and not just telling them to f off and just walk off. But, but, but it's your job at that point, and you're already been working there for a number of years, and it, you know, it, it's it's a mixed blessing because it's uh, it's bittersweet because you know Howard did give me my. Uh, start and he was a great guy a lot of times and you you know you have that it's just love hate kind of relationship you know so you love the guy but then he does something like that and you hate him and you really hate him and it's very you know and that you know and then and both emotions are very strong so then you have to decide well what am i going to do and my only you know the only uh solution i can come up with is i gotta leave i mm-hmm. gotta get out yeah, and that and that that would be tough. Now, was there never like post show meetings where you could sit around a table and say, "By the way, could you back off?" You, you never no, that, no, no, not really. I mean, maybe if you know, I, I guess like, and with all due respect, it's easy for you to say, but it it, it you know it it wasn't that way when you were there. It's not like 
it's not like Jackie could say, hey, you know, it's, it's you know, you know, like stop doing it. It just wasn't that way. Mm-hmm. It, like if you did anything that you would say to him privately would ultimately end up on the air. <laughs> you know, it, I mean, that's just what the show was. Right. Like, people, like, you know, people say to me, you know, was Howard a nice guy off the air? And I say, yeah, he's a great guy off the air. And they said, oh, so then on the air is all an act. I say, no, off the air is all an act. Mm. <laughs> well, that's very because interesting. The real, Howard, the real Howard is the guy on the radio. Right. And that, that's the Howard that is not the kid who was bullied in high school. Like, you know, who was afraid to speak up. The real Howard is when he get on the, in front of that mic, he could be himself. You know, and 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 that's the real guy. So don't think for a minute. Like I would always laugh at guys like Matt Lauer, or like on the Today Show, and go, "Oh, Howard's so nice. He's such a nice guy." Oh, shut up. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Matt, he's a nice guy to you. But he's but but then you go and work for him, and he's and he's calling you all these names and and berating you, and then you and then and then you. But but yeah, yeah, he comes to you. He's a nice guy. So apparently that means he's a nice guy. Right. So it doesn't it just means he's a nice guy to you because he got something gained for it? Right. The the structure of that show. Probably. Now I, we all here and under the impression you guys are all we're very well compensated uh, due to the success. Would you negotiate? your salary with Howard or would it be through like a third Oh, no, party? no, no, no. That's another thing. Look, look, yeah. and this is something that I'll defend Howard on because people, like, first of all, was I underpaid? Yes. Was, you know, was Gary underpaid at the time? Yes. Now, but we have the option to leave. So you can't blame Howard for being underpaid because if you want, you can leave. It's not like, you know... It's like it's like the comics that work me. Something like you know the, the you know one of the misnomers is I didn't pay my comics well, which I did. You know when we would go on the road, which I did. It's, it's just a it's a it's such BS. It irritates the crap out of me. But I always paid the comics would be more than they would get in a week. I paid them for a weekend, but that doesn't matter. I, I you know I got the you know you know Howard decided to run with the fact that I didn't you know I mean the not the fact the untruth that I didn't pay my comics well, right? But but let's just let's just go with that false premise. I, let's say I did like I didn't pay him well. They always have the opportunity to leave. They don't have to do the show. So I didn't have. I mean, I can't complain about my pay on Howard because look, I I, I could have left. So I'm not. I'm yeah, not but I th- John, I think Howard. what Fred's kind of getting at, and what I want to find out is, I'm did you negotiate there, with the radio station, I'm or did you go? There. I'm getting. There. Oh, okay. I'm, getting there. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm, you know, I'm sorry I'm covering a lot of bases. It may be too much for you to handle at one moment. Oh, yeah. We're, yeah. You know, we're very simple people here, John. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But, no, yes, I, I didn't negotiate with Howard. I negotiated with Tom. And that was, uh, you know, that was a, that was a difficult situation because you would have to put it this way. I negotiated with Tom, who you might know as Tom Chifasano, right? <laughs> Tom, you know, Tom was the general manager. Of K-Rock. Yes, so I'll give you two examples. One time, Tom was diagnosed with cancer. He was undergoing chemo treatment, and I was making $42,000 a year, living in Manhattan after 10 years of being on the Howard Stern Show, 42000 And I And I said to Tom, I go, Tom, do uh, you think I can make 50000 I think I've done a good job here. You know, I, you know, I, I'm, you know I'm sure I was, uh, you know, you know I, I would consider myself, you know, one of the, you know, cast members. Could I get... 
up to fifty thousand. And Tom said, and Tom said, uh, John, I'll die of cancer before I give you fifty thousand. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and, and just to give you another example, when I was in there with Tom and the program director Steve Kingston, and I was saying that I want to make more money, you know, you know, because else I'm going to leave. They said to me, you can't do anything else. How I created you. And I said, no, no. Years and years of bad parenting created me, okay? Howard <laughs> can't take credit for my personality. I'm sorry. Mm. Um, speaking of comedy, we want everyone to know, because we've got a few more minutes with John. Tonight at Governor's Comedy at the Brokerage in Belmore, New York, you can see John Melendez. It's a special event. Tonight and tomorrow, tickets are available uh, I don't know where, but you can tell me they're available. I'm sur- I'm certain they're available online somewhere. Yeah, yeah. It's it's Governor's Brokerage in Belmore. I got one show tonight, two shows tomorrow night. Come on down, and uh, I, I won't sound as bitter as I do now. <laughs> well, you know, you know. Here's the thing: you don't sound bitter, huh? and and what you sound like uh, as guys that listen to the show. It's good for us to get a a glimpse in into the behind the scenes because it's just like any other radio show. Uh, I did want to know this though. When in the old days, when Jackie was sitting there, uh, how much of what Stern is saying is Jackie throwing notes at him, or now how much of it is Benji sending him uh, little bits on his computer? Look again. This is Howard is the most talented person in my estimation on radio. Howard Howard is completely no, no I mean is is great. He really is. And not and I'm not I'm not just saying that to kiss his ass. He Howard is brilliant at what he does. So just to even think that, you know, Jackie or I or anybody, you know, I mean Howard would have been great without anybody. I mean we were just there we you know we were just, you know, a catalyst to the show. Jackie wrote great lines, but like then again, you know, you, you know, if, uh, you know, Howard would do a great line, but it still doesn't take away from the fact that, you know, he created the show, and 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 he really is. I mean, like, he's one of those guys that you just like tune around the radio, and then when you, you know, and when you get to him, he just there's something about how, how he speaks, his voice, his, how smart he is that you know that you just enjoy him. That's why I enjoyed him as a kid. So yeah, Jackie contributed, and Jackie was very talented, and. and and you can't take that away from Jackie or Benji because Benji can write great jokes too. It's just that they they just add uh, you know what you know for lack of a better uh, cliche you know the icing to the cake. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, so Howard despises Jay Leno, and then you go to work with Jay Leno. Now, did you have any type of relationship with Jay, and how would you compare those two guys? Well, that's another issue I have. First of all, Howard didn't despise Jay Leno until I, I went over to the show, which is very telling in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Jay Leno, when I was on the show, Jay Leno called in uh, for every birthday show of Howard's. Jay Leno would be call in every single birthday show mm-hmm. and was always very, very, very nice to Howard. Jay Leno had Howard on to plug his book, to plug his movie. It's sad that that Howard decided to bash Jay so badly when I left because as far as I'm concerned it was a transference of his anger he knew he couldn't beat up me because I was making $85,000 a year when I left so instead he had to beat up somebody and that somebody was sadly uh, Jay because Jay didn't do anything wrong Jay even because Howard's biggest 
lament or anger was that he, you know, he was mad that Jay didn't call him and ask him permission. Mm. Now, I'll tell both of you guys that Jay asked me, you know, he's like, John, you want me to call Howard? I'll call Howard. I don't care. <laughs> and I said, and I said, Jay, no, this should come from me. I felt it was like, you know, this was the, this was, I owed that to Howard to tell Howard, you know, personally, like, you know, I mean, I, I mean, he gave me a job. He gave me, you know, you know, my start. I should tell him that I was leaving. So Jay did offer to call Howard and Jay did offer to tell him, but it was my choice. So if I was going to be mad at anybody, be mad at me. Don't be mad at Jay. Jay didn't do anything wrong. Um, by the way, when you got to uh, when you got that offer to go to Leno, was it for more than uh, eighty five thousand a year? It was. <laughs> did, let's just say did it, it was. Did it up your salary? What's that, sir? Let's just say. Let's just say it was over four hundred thousand dollars a year. So now, you know, if you ask yourself, you got two kids, you want to have an the one, so like because I have three now, and and you're making eighty five thousand living in Manhattan. And you're out every weekend doing stand-up just so you could live in that. And then you get offered this a sweet gig like this. Plus, again, keep in mind, like what I said initially, is I wanted to get out of there anyway. Sure. You know, I wanted to pursue my dreams, and I didn't want to hear myself be called a loser every day. So all those, you know, you know, things combined, yeah, it was it was a great move for me, and that's why I don't regret it. But do I? Am I angry with Howard? Do I am I mad at Howard? No, not at all. I you know I, I respect him. I think he's the best person on radio, and that's no disrespect to you guys. But I mean, I think he is. And that's John, John, don't worry about us. We're not even the best radio in this room. <laughs> we, we get it. Man. <laughs> um, no, but I think he's super talented, and you know, so I don't begrudge him. I just have to get out of there. That's all. And, yeah. and it makes sense, you know. Listen, this business is filled. And we've talked about this on our show, Freddie, so much. This business is filled with people that interact with the on-air hosts, and it's not a pleasant experience for a lot of people. And some people, you know, John, we've heard, um, you know, your story about being sort of mentally abused. Several of our friends, several of the people that we know in the business have been abused by announcers. I mean, none at the level that you, I mean, you were, that really, John's story really is, the gold standard of being abused by a guy on the air. But it happens behind the scenes all the time. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's all, look what's coming out in the news now. But let, let me just say this, dude. Uh, well, dudes. Dude. <laughs> and, and by the way, I, you know, I wear your tuxedo on a regular basis. I do, I do want to say that because <laughs> one of the parting gifts that Jay gave us was a denim jacket. You know, besides the six-figure, you know, payout we got, but but it was a denim jacket, and I always wear like the denim jacket and jeans. And you know, how many people come up to me and go, "Hey, can it, uh, Canadian tuxedo?" Oh, Canadian oh, tuxedo. That's yeah. what that is. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't like going. Oh, I thought it was a Puerto Rican one. Cause I'm Puerto Rican, but whatever. Yeah. But um, uh, look, I came from you know, look, you know, my father was an abusive dad. He was a loving, great, great father, but then he would go out. And get crazy sometimes and beat the crap out of all of us, out of me and my siblings, and I and I witnessed it from him beating my sister up when I was five, six years old. So, you know, and that is, and so now I have this love hate relationship with my father, and then I go to a show, and then and now I'm and now I'm having the same kind of relationship with my boss, and I'm going, I can't relive my childhood here. Mm-hmm. I can't, you know, have a guy that I admire and love, and then and then hate him when he's. 
calling me a loser every day. Would you, you would you ever have that conversation with Howard, or could you ever go there and say, Howard, I went through this as a kid. Could, like, please appreciate this. No? No, because, okay. they, you know, it just wasn't wasn't my place. And right, it, all right. You know, and, 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 and if I did, he would have, you know, at least, I'm not saying he would have, at least in my mind, he would have exploited it. Okay, John, yeah. we uh, we only got a couple more minutes before we got to take a break. I want to mention that uh, John's, uh, I appreciate you doing this, Governor's Comedy at the Brokerage in Belmore, New York, uh, tonight, two shows tomorrow night. And just briefly, before we let you go, all the things we've talked about, all your background, all the notoriety, all the celebrities you've uh, interviewed and made fun of, and all the, the, the bits that have uh, run, can you, can a guy with your history... Uh, get elected to the uh, Senate in California. Well, let's just uh, let's just really just uh, answer that question with one thing, with one answer. That you, uh, the person who's president of the United States, <laughs> yeah. once said on a mic that he likes to grab women by the you know what. Okay, I, I don't. I can't imagine anything that I could have said at that. <laughs> That's a good point. As bad as 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 who we have and the things, the antics. It's so funny if I. You know, if I say something like, if I call somebody an idiot or something, oh, how can you do that? How do you expect the win to be senator? And I'm like, I don't know. Why don't we ask Little Marco, Pocahontas, uh, Low Energy Jeb? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is our president now, the insulter in chief. Yeah. So I don't really, I mean, I don't really worry about, about any of that because at least I did it in the name of comedy. You know, this guy is just, that, that's just who he is. And he's our president. And I'm sure most Canadians are embarrassed. I have my people here from Denmark at my mom's house now, where I'm in our best people around, from Denmark. And I'm sitting there talking to my aunt, and she can't understand why America would elect this guy to be our president. So, no, I think whatever I have said or done is, is mild in comparison to who is our commander-in-chief at the moment. So that's straight up. You are. This is serious. You're running for Senate. Yes, I am. And cool. when is when are the elections? Uh, is this for the midterms next year? It's November 2018. And don't forget, they laughed at Schwarzenegger. They mm-hmm. laughed at Sonny Bono. They laughed at uh, they laughed at Gopher from the Love Boat, dude. Yes, and Al Franken and Jesse Ventura. And you know what? I'm smarter than all those guys. Okay, John. All right, my friend. Listen, dude, what a pleasure to speak to you. Thanks for taking some time. And uh, now that we have the number, if you wouldn't mind, we'll just reach out. Our producers will get a hold of you from time to time and see if you'll weigh in on a uh, topic or two. Anytime, guys, and uh, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right, there he is. I love Canada, by the way. Well, as you should. I've been to Montreal, I've been to Toronto, and I spent a lot of time on St. Catherine Street, if you know what I mean. Right, in Montreal, okay. yeah. Uh, the next time you're up here, you got to come and do the studio with us. John Melendez running for uh, the Senate one a year from now, and hopefully this won't be the last time. Thanks, my friend. Thanks, man. All right, there you Thanks, go. John. So I, I have your computer, mm. but I feel like during that interview, I did what you would have done. What? When I checked out his net worth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he made a lot more than $42,000 for a few years. Three million dollars right now. His net worth. His net well, worth. Well, did he yeah. say four hundred thousand? Yeah, he was making four hundred plus at uh, Leno there. And how many years would that have been? Uh, at least four or five, plus all the stand-up and all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Uh, See, good. people, that's amazing. Like when he left eighty-five thousand. A lot of people wouldn't believe that, eh? They think it would be more. Well, it was funny because both Fred and I, when John said that he'd made, four, he was with Stern for ten years. 
And he was making 42000 in in that story. And you and I both kind of like, oh, my God. <laughs> Such fucking... The radio is so... You know what I loved about that? This, it's the same shit everywhere. Mm-hmm. Always has been. I'm Toronto Mike. I produce Humble and Fred. If you want to hear more of me, I host a podcast called Toronto Miked. If you go to torontomike.com and click Notable Guests at the very top, you can cherry pick an episode and just check it out, see what you think. There are plenty of Humble and Fred episodes to choose from. Thanks for listening. Peace and love. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, and DraftKings. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And don't forget to help keep the show going by licking them. <clears throat> uh, liking them. Like and subscribe. It's on, Ontario. 
DraftKings Sportsbook has arrived. Now you can legally bet on all your favorite sports, from MMA to hockey to playoff hoops, and so much more. Bet special parlays, spreads, money lines, and more. Plus, do it now from anywhere in the province. Join the action, download the app, and explore everything DraftKings Sportsbook has to offer. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Get excited, Ontario. DraftKings Sportsbook is live. So go to the App Store and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to get in on the action. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call Connects Ontario, 1-866-531-2600, 19-plus, physically present in Ontario, eligibility restrictions apply, see sportsbook.draftkings.com for details, please play responsibly, DraftKings operates pursuant to an operating agreement with iGaming Ontario.